Hey ladies, gentlemen, inside and outside the general spectrum, welcome to Joshi World, the podcast and we look at the news and reviews of the Joshi World for the past week. This is going to be our first full show we do and it turned out to be a pretty busy week for the Joshi World and I did have to do a little bit of catch up on the Triangle Derby tournament for stardom and so that took a little bit of time. But first, before we get into everything, I just want to thank Heart Editing on Twitter for doing the cover art for this podcast. I really appreciate the work you've done for me. But anyway, let's get on to the news. We're going to start off with the stardom news that happened. Uh, there was a big um, absentee of a lot of stardom wrestlers, I believe six in total, that missed out on shows because of whatever happened. The leading idea seemed to be that it may have been food poisoning. It definitely wasn't COVID. I believe everyone said they tested negative to COVID, and so the leading theory right now is food poisoning. This has led, for me, for this episode at least, to do a little bit of a format change to what I wanted to do. Instead of just mixing in small shows and big shows, I decided to add a stardom section to the end of the podcast so that I can talk about everything that happened. There wasn't really any big shows, although there were a couple of really big matches that happened. And I just wanted to get a general overview of the tournament so far, so I decided just maybe possibly for this week, maybe some other weeks, I don't know. But it's going to be a special stardom section at the end of the podcast. There was also the New Blood conference announced. Uh, we had um, Mariki Kobashi was announced for the show. People may know her from Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. Uh, she was okay in the ring. I will say I've watched her PPP Tokyo match. She returned for PPP Tokyo a couple months ago. That match got uploaded about last month at some point. Where she was up against Chan Yoda and Ring Yamashita. She was semi with Natsu Sumine. So, uh... Yeah, I thought, like, I actually thought she improved a little bit from what I saw from her in Tokyo Joshi. She added a few new moves that I never saw her do in Tokyo Joshi before. And so I think she might be a little bit better than what you may expect if you watched her in Tokyo Joshi before. I wouldn't expect a great match because she is up against Lady C and Uwaka, so I wouldn't expect it to be, like, a great match by any means. But I think you may be surprised about how much she's improved since Tokyo, to- Tokyo Joshi. I also just wanted to make this prediction. I also think if she stays around for like future dates, if she gets like say the Chain Yoda deal, the Tomoka Unaba deal, where she sticks around for new blood shows, the Nanami deal, for instance, where she sticks around for say new blood shows, I could possibly see her joining Club Venus. She has a little bit of connection to Minishirakawa because obviously they were, they were in Tokyo Joshi together, although their careers don't overlap that much. But she's also studying English in college, I believe, so I think she would fit in with the foreign group that speak English pretty much every match. I'll get to it later, but they do like ring entrances in English and stuff. But yeah, I think she would fit in with that group more than anything else I can think of in Stardom. And so I just wanted to make that prediction clear before really, <laughs> mostly just because I can flex if it actually happens. Because again, I've never, I've not seen this. I'm like the only person I've seen that's actually predicted this. So I just wanted to maybe make it a little flex if it ha- actually happened. At that press conference, we also had the announcement of the tournament for the New Blood Tag Team titles, the first holders of that. It's an eight-tag team tournament, so we got four matches in the first round. First match announced was Starlight Kid and Karma versus Zai Brookside and Mariah May, Karma being Haruka Umasaki's gimmick at the New Blood shows for stardom. I think Zai Brookside and Mariah May are probably going to get the win here. I think they go all the way to the finals but lose. Karma has been disqualified in every match he's been in on New Blood so far, and I think he's going to continue here. And I don't think Starlight Kid and Karma, um, I don't think Starlight Kid especially is going to be put, going to be staying in this division too long. So I think they'll have bigger things planned for her in the future. 
So yeah, I don't think I don't see them winning this tournament at all. Next up, we have Mariah and Tomoka Inaba versus Sai Ida Hantanan. These are probably the two favourites for me to win the entire tournament, but I'm going to go with Sai Ida Hantanan to win the whole thing. I think Mariah and Tomoka Inaba is a very good team, but I don't know if they were going to give their first. I don't think they're going to give the first holders of the title to a non-contracted wrestler. And I think Sai Ida Hantanan are both. They're an established team, and I think they're the perfect kind of position to win a tournament like this, to win the tag win titles like this I should say. So yeah, I think they're going to go all the way here. Armis Ray and Nanami versus Momokogo and Momoko Hanazono. I think Armis Ray and Nanami are probably going to win this. Army pinning Momo or something like that. But uh, yeah, I think they're going to lose in the second round to whoever they face. And we got Hina and Miyu Amasaki versus Mai Sakurai and Chain Yoda. Once again, I think Mai Sakurai and Chain Yoda are probably going to win this. But again, I think they're going to lose in the second round. So I don't know how much this match is going to matter. But still, I think this is going to be a good tournament. I'm excited to see how everyone interacts with each other. I'm hoping the matches are going to be good, of course. And yeah, I think there's a lot to look forward to with this tournament in particular. And I also did want to mention the Waka Tsukiyama vs. Nanai match. Nanai's obviously going to win, but I'm interested to see what happens after that match. One final bit of starter news is that they finally announced cheering is coming back on the February 4th show in Osaka. It's going to be a stacked pay-per-view, I believe. So the crowd should be hot for it. It should be a pretty good crowd there as well with some of the matches they're announcing. And so, yeah, I've already gotten used to the clap crowd, so it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment for me to go back to the cheering crowds more often. Even just going back and watching some of the old style and stuff that I sometimes do, it can be a little jarring, I guess is the word to describe. Whenever I hear cheering crowds, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment for me to get back used to it, back into it, but... Everyone's been asking for it, so yeah, I think it's going to be an announcement that goes down well with almost everyone. Just Tap Out announced that Unagi Sayaka and Al will be facing Tomoka Inaba and Yu Yamagata at a show that I'm not sure when that's going to be, honestly. I just know that they announced it at the show. I was following the show on Twitter because there was actually a mystery partner announced for one of the six woman tags that we were doing. But it ended up literally just being their mascot as kind of like a gag kind of thing, and so there's not much to talk about there. This will be the second time that Unagi and Aoi have teamed together since they formed their tag team a couple of months ago. I don't know when this match is going to be, and I don't know how big the event's going to be, so I don't know if the match is going to be easily available to watch. But yeah, I did think it was worth pointing out, because I know there's a lot of people that are Unagi, that are Unagi fans. The match hasn't really been announced anywhere on like English-speaking Twitter or anything like that. I literally only just found this out because I was translating some stuff while the show was going on in real time, so... Yeah, I figured it was worth pointing out. Pro Wrestling Noah announced another Joshi match to add to what they've been doing recently. It's going to be Natsu Sumine and Mai Yukihi versus Sari Anote and Jungle Kiona coming back to Japan for the first time since basically... She came back for the Nomad show during last year, but then she didn't wrestle for them. They haven't, had, they haven't run a Nomad show since. But yeah, it makes sense she's going to be appearing at this match. It seems to be where a lot of the no-match wrestlers seem to be wrestling these days, so it's not surprised since she's affiliated with them now. If they're still a thing, of course, that she's going to be wrestling at this NOAA event. They did set up something with Rini Yamaster as well, as well with that Nomads event. So I do wonder if we're going to get that singles match somewhere. It can be pretty much be anywhere because Rini Yamaster works everywhere. So I don't know what promotion they're going to be working that at, but that's a match I'm looking forward to in the future. But it's great to see Jungle Kiona back in Japan, and I'll get to see some of her matches finally. 
I don't really watch any of the American indie stuff, so I haven't checked out what she's been up to over there. Finally, we got a couple of pieces of news from Marvelous. The bigger one and the more unfortunate one is that Rin Katakura has announced not necessarily her retirement, but she is definitely taking a long break from wrestling. She announced that she's going to be going to, with her husband to Canada. I believe her husband studies there or something like that. Shigusa and the guy has said that if she wants to come back to Marvelous, that she's always welcome. And I do wonder if she's going to be maybe doing some American indie events while she's over there. But anyway, I wish Rin Katakura the best of luck. I'm glad she's retiring on her own terms and not because of like injury or something. That's always the dream you want with wrestlers. And yeah, I just want to say good luck to her and hopefully she decides whatever she wants to do with life that it's the happiest it can be. The other piece of news is that Chigusa Nagai has announced that a former Marvelous wrestler is returning, but she's not going to be returning to Marvelous, she's going to be returning for a different promotion. The best guess for this at the moment is going to be Mei Hotosuke. She's not someone I've really wrestled, I've seen really wrestle before. I kind of got into Marvelous right after she retired, so... But I've heard very good things about her, so I'm excited to see where she goes and what she does. The two best guesses I have are Stardom, of course, and also possibly Pro Wrestling Way, because that's where Kohaku went and when she left Marvelous. And so I don't know if they're going to reunite over there. But whatever she does, I'm happy to see her back, and I'm looking forward to see her wherever she goes. That's it for the news. We're going to go on and talk about some of the smaller shows that happen throughout the week, or at least the shows that I'm not going to be able to review every match from. There's a couple of promotions that I wasn't able to check out this week just because they weren't really available or I didn't have time. There was Diana, there was Marvelous, there was Oz Academy and I believe there was another Ice Ribbon show in there as well. For events like those, there's a couple. There's going to be a couple of weeks where everything's going to be a lot quieter than it was say this week or next week especially. And so for those weeks I'm going to be able to catch up on everything and if there's anything noticeable I'll make sure to mention it on those shows. But anyway, the first match I wanted to talk about was Yuri versus Riku Katahara from Gumbare. Gumbare is not a promotion I keep up on, but people in my circle were talking about how good this match was, and I decided to check it out. Yuri is one of those wrestlers that got talked about a lot when she was in Top Just Tap Out as a future prospect, but since she's joined Gumbare Pro, I've not really heard a lot of people talk about her, so I didn't know what she was up to really. But this match she proved that she proved all the hype she had from Just Tap Out because I thought it was a really good match. Riku Katahara is the perfect opponent for her. She's a nice solid wrestler with solid forms for kicks and she's also very athletic and it works well with Yuri's more power based offense. Yuri's going to be someone I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more of this year as I follow the Joshi scene more this year than I ever have. I want to see if she sticks up to that future prospect build that she had once ago and I'm hoping to see if she can really push on this year and see how far she can get with her career. She also had a very good appearance at the iTriven Dojo show from the 7th. However, that match itself, it was a tag match. The match itself wasn't anything spectacular. A match from that show I did want to talk about though was Asahi versus now Ishikawa. This was a very good match, I thought. I thought everything, I thought it was just some solid wrestling all around, especially for a small show. I just want to talk a little bit about how now Ishikawa has looked really, really good this year. I was also impressed by her with the match against Ibuki Hoshi, which got some very high praise in my circle, but I honestly preferred this match with Asahi more. Now is someone that I've never really noticed before. I haven't really enjoyed her work under the Kiss Me Princess stable that she's in. I felt like her matches have always been forgettable, but 
since I've been watching her just solo in these dojo shows, she's been going very hard, and she's a wrestler that I'm interested in watching this year, especially on these small shows. I do plan on having an award for this year with the um, small show MVPs, and right now, now Shikawa is looking like a very heavy favourite for me in that regard. But yeah, we also had a freeway in that match with Sakino Umino versus um, defeating Momotani and Siyar, I believe her name is. I wanted to talk about her because she's an interesting wrestler. She didn't do a lot this match. She spent a lot of the time getting basically her ass kicked, but she has a very pretty good um, second rope moonsault that she does, and I thought that would look very impressive. She's from a promotion called Ibime Pro Wrestling. It's an interesting company. I believe they have some sort of relationship with DDT. I believe it is a comedy promotion first and foremost. The most interesting thing about and about them is that they have the Guinness Book of Records for the longest match ever recorded. I believe it was about 21 hours. I believe it's on YouTube somewhere, but I haven't been able to find it, unfortunately. So if you can find it, then go ahead and watch it, I guess, because it is not every day you get to watch a 21 hour pro wrestling match and last of all we had Ibuki Hoshi defending Kaho Machisida in the main event this was another unspectacular match but I just wanted to point out how good Ibuki Hoshi's chops are she is the best knife chopper in the game and I just wanted to point that out but other than that again this match was not spectacular whatsoever next show I wanted to have a look at was the Pure J show from the 8th there was a couple of matches I watched from this event, both of the title matches, I should say. Um, I watched the Rico Kaiju vs. Chia Ozazawa match for the Princess of Pro Wrestling title. And then I watched Hanaka Nakamori vs. Riden Higane for the Pure J Openweight title. I thought Rico Kaiju vs. Chie was decent. I did think it went a little bit long for what the match was. It went like 18 minutes 40 and I thought there was a lot of long submission spots really to pad out the time and I also thought the match was a little bit too one-sided at some point. Rinka Kaiji got about the first 10 minutes pretty much unopposed of just pure dominance. She came back for about five minutes with a one-sided offense of her own and then the last three minutes or so was pretty both-sided. It swung around a bit thankfully but yeah I thought it was decent for what it was but I did think Rico Kaiju looked really good in this match though. I think she proved why she's one of the best future talents in the business right now. So I'm excited to see her grow. But yeah, I thought this match was decent, but nothing more. The Nakamori versus Higane title match was really good. Higane was the best I've ever seen of hers in the ring so far. I've only really seen her in the dojo shows though, so it's not really... I don't know if how hard she's been trying on those shows, but yeah, this is definitely the best I've seen of hers. And Hanaka Nakamori has always been one of the best big match wrestlers around. She's probably the favorite, my, one of my favorite wrestlers I've really discovered in 2022. And I cannot wait to see more of her. Just some really solid wrestling all around. If you guys have a Pure J membership, then I'd very highly recommend you give this match a watch. TJBW have run two shows over the week, although as I've been recording, the show on the 8th has not been recorded. Or put up on Wrestling Universe, sorry. But the one on the 7th has. Had a few matches I checked out on it. Uh, I checked out the Himawari versus Nakakura match just to see how Himawari did. I thought it was more of the same as she did in the January 4th match. However, she did have a creative spot where she had one of her twin tails wrap around the rope for a rope break. I thought that was actually pretty creative, but everything else was pretty standard. 
Uh, an interesting thing happened where Raku and Yukiyana beat Maki Ito and Hikari Noah. Raku actually managed to get the pin on Hikari Noah, which leads me to believe there might be a filler tag defense next month, possibly. I know we got the um, Max Hart tournament going on, but I wouldn't be surprised if they have a title defense with Max and Heidi. I don't. It would make um, it would make the winner of the Max Hart tournament a lot more likely to win if that was the case. I don't know if they would have Max and Heidi lose if if they don't have a title defense beforehand. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the direction they go in. And we also had Pom Harajuku, Riki Tatsumi, and Miyu Watanabe facing off against Heidi Howitzer, Maxi Impala, and Trisadora. All I wanted to say about this match is that Max and Pom are the best duo in TFW right now. Everything they do together is gold. That's all I really wanted to say about this match. There's not really much else to talk about with this match. And so, yeah, we're going to move on to the last show I wanted to cover, or the last match I just wanted to cover, I to say. It's a prominent show. They uploaded the Toshi Yuki Sakura versus Suzu Suzuki match, so I just wanted to talk about that. I just wanted to say this match was good, although I don't know if it, I don't think it was the best match of Suzu Suzuki's deathmatch series he's done so far. Uh, one thing is there was not nearly as much blood as I was expecting going into the match. There was one really wind-inducing spot where they had one of those roller saw blades, and Suzu Suzuki had it cut on her forehead. And Sakuda drove that saw blade right into a cut. That looked gruesome. That actually made me physically wince. Other than that, though, it was just basically pretty good, but nothing more than that. After the match, though, it was announced that Jumkasai would be facing Suzu Suzuki in the death match, and so that match I think is going to be brilliant. I think that's going to be the best match of the death match series so far, and honestly, I can't wait for that match to happen. Prominence have actually been surprisingly quick to upload their upload at least this match it kind of took me by surprise of how quickly they uploaded it I wasn't gonna upload I wasn't gonna talk about it this episode I didn't think I'd get the chance to but they did and I managed to find some time to watch it and yeah that's basically how I feel about it that's all for this small show section of this week we're gonna go on now to our feature review and then we're gonna go on to the stardom section for this week we're going to take a look at the Pro Wrestling Way show from January 1st. I know it doesn't fit the time frame of this week, however, following these small promotions, it can take a little time for these events to become readily available, and if we didn't do it like this, a lot of these smaller promotions would almost never get covered, and so we're just going to go ahead and go on to the first match. Sakura Hirono defeated Aiga, Ayame Sasamura, Haruka Umasaki, Utsuki Aoki, Gagera Sekiguchi, Miki Takase, Rika Katahara, Rina Amakura, Tsubasa Kurigaki, and Yuko Sakurai in a gauntlet match, where the aim was, I believe, for Sakurai to pin everyone in the match. It took multiple times to pin both Itsuki, Tsubasa, and Aiga. I don't have a lot to say about this match. Your enjoyment of the match will basically depend on how much you enjoy Sakurai interacting with the rest of the wrestlers, especially Aiga, who got a lot of screen time, well not a lot of screen time, but a lot more screen time than the rest of the wrestlers did because of their rivalry between the two. But yeah, basically comedy match fans will enjoy this and I say long time fans of Sakura are probably going to be the ones who appreciate this match the most. However, if you want work rate then I'll skip this one. I'm just going to add in that I don't think the Gauntlet match setup really helped with this match at all. I think the beauty in comedy and wrestling is the setup of it all. I don't think each person having a one minute time limit really allows time for anything to, anything special to be set up. 
And so this match kind of fell flat for me on that end. We had a three-way hardcore match between Venny, Suzu Suzuki and Yuki Miyazaki, which ended in a 20-minute time limit draw. I thought this match was fine for what it was. There were some pretty brutal spots, including Suzu Suzuki superplexing Yuki Miyazaki off a ladder, and Suzu Suzuki fell on some chairs, and it looked pretty brutal. There were some crazy spots, including Suzu Suzuki doing a reverse Harakarana from on Miyazaki, who had Benny on a leg lock. And we had Benny doing a Harakarana while Miyazaki had Suzu Suzuki in a Stars Clash position from the top rope, which I thought was also another crazy spot. There were some funny, funny spots, including Suzu Suzuki using Miyazaki as a human billboard and advertising some prominence events that were coming up. There was a heartwarming moment when Miyazaki tried multiple times to do a splash through a table from the top rope onto someone. However, about three times she got hit with a chair from the person that was not currently on the table. She got it thrown at her. She had a chair thrown at her. On the fourth time though, she caught the chair and eventually ended up doing the splash. And so you felt good when she finally did it. But yeah, I thought this match was good, but um, I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more because there were some comedy spots that I didn't get towards the middle of the match. I, if I understood what was happening, I probably would have enjoyed the match a little bit more. But yeah, it was definitely fine for what it was. Suzu Suzuki took a lot of punishment in this match. She was the one who took the table spot. She took the suplex onto the chairs. She took a couple of hard chair shots to the back and she ended up getting busted open in the match. But yeah, while I thought it was pretty good, there was certainly some, there's certainly been better hardcore matches out there. One match that I would recommend is Suzu Suzuki versus Dasha Saka from Thunder Girls July 8th last year, which I thought was a really good match. Next up, we had the Pro Wrestling Eve International Title Match between Yu and Kahaku. Yu defeating Kahaku in 9 minutes to defend the title. I thought this was a pretty good match. I thought Kahaku looked pretty good here. I thought Yu looked pretty good here for the most part. Kahaku played the underdog in this match and she is quite short, but she is quite ripped as well and she did show her strength by suplexing Yu in a pretty impressive manner actually. She also hits a couple of pretty impressive looking head scissors. She also had a pretty scary spot where she dove up for a crossbody to the outside. I think it might have just been the camera angle, but the camera angle made it look like the, her leg smashed the ring apron. Or at least it did to me at the time. I don't know if it actually did or not. But she walked it off like nothing happened, so it might have just been a camera illusion on my end. There was also another scary spot where Kohaku went up for a diving foot stomp. She hit it well, but she landed right on her back afterwards, and I thought she might have... It looked pretty hard, so it looked like she might have hurt herself a little bit there, but she walked away from it like nothing really happened, so it seemed like everything was fine. You hit a normal powers move, she hit a splash from the middle rope, she hit her cannonballs, she hit the rolling thing she does to the outside. Her powerbomb, however, to finish the match was not the best I've ever seen of hers. I thought she kind of put it down a little bit softly compared to what I've seen of hers in the past. But still, it was a pretty good match. It's only a nine-minute watch, as I said. So, if you get a chance to watch this, then I would recommend it. We had the Pro Wrestling Wave Tag Team title match between Galaxy Punch, Hikari Shimizu, and Saki. They defeated the team of Sherry and Kawa Yamiyama in 13 minutes. I thought this match was decent enough. I thought Saki looked pretty good in this match. Ikari Shimizu had a good showing after a Dream Queen match in Stardom a couple of days ago. And then I thought Kawa Yamayama looked pretty good while she was in the ring. She proved that she can still go. 
just playing a, no a normal self. And Sherry, I thought it looked decent enough as well. She had a few impressive moments. She hit a pretty impressive swanton onto Saki, I believe it was. But yeah, I thought Saki was probably the most impressive wrestler in the match. I thought she hit some pr pretty impressive looking suplexes. She had her big boots that she always does. But yeah, there was nothing too special about this match. There's nothing I can really say about it, honestly. It's just some decent wrestling. But anyway, we're going to move on to the Regina DeWay title match between Hikaru Shida. She defeated Risa Sarah in 18 minutes to defend the belt. I thought this match was easily the match of the night. I thought both Hikaru and Risa Sarah did a great job, especially Hikaru Shida. The match that I love with Risa Sarah doing some Singapore caning of Hikaru, and then the match went to the outside. They did some crowd brawling, and then this accumulated with both of them grabbing travel bags from... I believe the backstage area, and then them two having a duel with it. This then set up the next spot, which Risa Sarah decided to set up a bunch of travel bags she found from the back. She set it up all in, big, in the corner with one big pole, and then she drove Hikaru Shida right through it in what was a pretty brutal spot. Biggest brutal spot, in my opinion, for the match they came straight afterwards. Risa Sarah set Hikaru Shida right onto a metal suitcase, and then... Risa Sarah went for a top rope diving knees, long story thought. Hikaru Shida moved out of the way and Risa Sarah got a bunch of metal onto the knees. That looked completely brutal. She sold it really well as well. Hikaru Shida and Risa Sarah both did some pretty good falcon arrows. I believe Hikaru Shida hit two of them. Hikaru Shida did some pretty brutal looking knee strikes about 12-13 minutes into the match which I thought were really good. She then finished the match off with a running knee strike, which I honestly thought looked a little bit weak compared to, like say, the Falcon Arrow, which I believe has pinned people before. I believe she pinned the current Noah over in TJBW. So I kind of wish that was a finisher or she did something else. I don't know. I don't watch AEW, so I don't know what she does there. But I just, fit, I just thought the running knee strike looked a little bit weak as a finisher. But still, that doesn't take away. This is a really good match. Probably the best I've seen of Hikaru Shida, actually. Uh, definitely match of the night as I said and yeah definitely I don't know if it's one of my highest recommendations because I do think the start of the match it took a little long to get it took a little bit long to really set up everything but then once it did and once everything happened the match really kicked on from after the Risa Sarah briefcase spot I mentioned but yeah that's going to be the Pro Wrestling Wave Show guys I thought this was pretty much a two match card I really I recommend the EVE International title match and the Regina DeWay title match everything else is was decent I thought but entirely skippable in my opinion I just wanted to add this in I just recorded this review on Germany 9th Pro Wrestling Wave actually had a show today and they announced that Haruka Umasaki and Sako Hirota are going to be challenging for the tag titles against Gal Galaxy Punch on January 22nd and so in the next few weeks, I hope to be able to watch that match and be able to review it for you guys. Stardom this week has been very busy. I've had to catch up on the Triangle Derby show from the 3rd of January this year because I wanted to watch some of the Triangle matches from that show. And also we had shows on the 6th, the 8th and the 9th. And so, yeah, I had to pretty much watch all of that. But yeah, I've done gone through all of it. I've watch what I wanted to watch I will say I was pointing this out right now I'm not a fan of all the time matches I really do not like the formula of that so for the purposes of that for the purposes of the fact that it's everything's going to be the same everything's going to be me complaining about interference spots and all of that 
I'm not going to cover them unless it's something important, like a title match or it's a very highly rated match, and then I'll check it out. And then if it's just like a regular like house show event, just sort of t- uh, just a league match or something, then I'm not going to bother checking it out. I'm also going to be doing the same thing for Ozeki Gun in Oz Academy because the same thing applies there. Anyway, the first match I wanted to cover is the first few matches I wanted to cover are from the third. First match I wanted to cover is Cosmic Angels versus My Hime with C. I just really wanted to point out a few, a few things from this match. Himika and Natsupoi are very good opponents together. I really like Himika smacking the shit out of the Natsupoi in the face. And Natsupoi also did a really good German suplex on the Himika at one point. Also, a tag team move of Himika and Mika. Mika doing her uh, superflex and Himika doing her powerbomb onto Natsupoi. That was a really good moment as well. And I also really like the finish of the match with Micah reversing. I believe it's a fairy blink, the roll-up that the roll-up finisher that Natsupoi does. She she reversed that into her own her own roll-up for the win. I thought that was a pretty good spot. Next up, we had the Neo Stardom Army of the Nai Takahashi, Inamiz Mori, and Yu defeating the Stars team of Hazuki Kokuma and Sai Ida, otherwise known as the classmates. The only thing I really wanted to mention about this match is I think it's the best Yunami Mori has looked in Stardom so far. I think it, I think her involvement in the match has been better than what she's done in New Blood or with the match with Himika. And so this match alone has made me more excited to watch her in the Triangle Derby. We then had Aparento GE, Army Saray, Shiri and Marai go to a time limit draw with the Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Saya Kayatami and Intami Hayashishita. The only thing I really wanted to mention with this match is that it was a pretty good preview for the white belt match coming up on the 8th with with Saya and Army getting about 8 or 9 minutes together in the ring. I thought they looked pretty good in the match. It built, it built a little bit more hype than the white belt match which, which it desperately needed. The main event of the show was Rebel X Enemy, Mark Ozaki, Ram Kaicha and Mayu Kihi defeating Bari Bari Bombers, Julia, Mai Sakurai and Thekla. The only thing I want to mention about this match is that Julia and Mayukihi is going to rule so hard when that match finally happens. The few interactions they did have in this match were very great and you add the f- fact that the emotions are going to come out in a stardom title match and then yeah, you go, you're going to get a match that's going to be, it's probably going to be a contender for the match of the year honestly. I'd be kind of disappointed if it was anything but given their skill and the emotion that's going to be involved and the fact that they've already wrestled before. In big title matches before, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be at the very least, hopefully, a match of the year contender. We then had a show on the six. I just wanted I just want to cover the two triangle derby matches here. First off, we had the classmates team of Saya Ida, Hazuki, and Koguma defeating the other stars team HMM of Hanan, Mayu Tiny, and Mona Kogo. There's a couple of things I want to mention here. There was a spot where they were doing a comedy spot where Kogum, um, Momo Kogo was chasing Koguma around the ring. And to end this spot, they decided to have Mayu Iwatani boot Koguma right in the face. And when I mean right in the face, I mean it legitimately busted her mouth wide open and she got taken. And she pretty much got completely taken right out of the match for the entire match. And so, yeah, um, I don't think Mayu meant to boot her that hard. But yeah, it certainly worked in getting her out of that spot. And uh, the other thing I wanted to note is, is that the HMM trainers move I really like thought basically Momokoga did a drop kick off the middle rope while Hanan and Mayu would then drove it down in a flat position. 
I thought that was a really cool move. I hope to see that again throughout the tournament. The other triangle derby match was Aberanto GE, Army Race Jerry and Marai facing off against Club Venus, Mean Shirakawa, Zaya Brookside and Mariah May. I just wanted to say that Club Venus aren't that bad. I've seen a lot of shit go against them and while I'll admit, especially Zaya Brookside hasn't been that great as I've seen her, I don't think she's been any worse than say some of the lower card stardom wrestlers. I think she pretty much belongs in skill on that level. I don't think she's nearly as bad as some people have been claiming. And Mariah May has shown potential. She is very athletic for what she is. And she's only had about 100 matches. So I can't judge her too badly compared to the experience of some of the roster. But she, yeah, she has shown potential. The main story about this match that happened afterwards. Shiri caught out Chihiro Hashimoto who was sitting out in the crowd. Obviously Shiri had caught her out before to come to this event. But yeah, we got, we're going to have that match in the future, but we're also going to have Chihiro Hashimoto versus Marai on February 4th. I believe they've just announced that as I'm recording this. And so yeah, that match is going to rule. I think Chihiro is obviously going to kill Marai, but that match is going to be great, and I cannot wait to watch it. We're going to go on to the show on the 8th now. We're going to talk about one triangle derby match, and we're going to talk about the semi-main and the main. The first match I want to talk about is Prominence, Karuma Hiragi, Risa Serrett, and Suzu Suzuki. Facing the Cosmic Angels team of Matsupoi, Tam Nakano, and Saki. The main thing I want to talk about with this match is how good of a match Suzuki versus Matsupoi one-on-one is going to be. They had some great interactions in this match. And yeah, I think it made the whole match worth it to see. But yeah, that's about the only thing I can really say about this match. Next match I really want to talk about is a tag team match between Mayu Uritani and Shiri. They went to a 30-minute time limit draw with Maika and Itami Hashishista. I thought this was a very good match, especially the fact that it was booked at most two days before the show actually started, since this is the replacement match for everyone that missed the show. I think it just goes to prove how good everyone in this match is. I just want to say that Micah has located been one of the top performers in stardom since about the Five Star Grand Prix last year. I think she's shown it time and time again, and... If the white belt mat, if the white belt contention list wasn't so congested, I really think she's the perfect contender for it. But yeah, she's not going to win it because there's so many people ahead of her in the white belt match, and she's really going for the red belt anyway. Which again, there's a lot of people that are ahead of her right now, which is unfortunate. Goes to show how stacked this Stardom roster really is. That Micah, with how good she's performing, cannot even get a sniff of a title right now. But yeah, I was worried about this match dragging it on. However, it only dragged on a little bit at the beginning. There was a little grappling going on there, but once they got past that, it was pretty much a non-stop match for the rest of the 27 minutes. I also really want to talk about Mayu Rutani's Frog Splash. I, it, it's not a move I've seen it do very often, uh, if at all, but it looks very, very good, and I, keep, and I hope she keeps doing it. And after the match, Shiri announced that her and Konami wanted to face off against Utami and a mystery partner. This has actually been changed to a six-man tag recently with Amishare, Siri, and Konami challenging Azumi, Utami Haishi's sister, and Lady C at the, gener- at the February 4 show. And so, good to see Konami back, and yeah, we're going to see how we're gonna see how the crowd reacts to it, because obviously it's a cheer crowd, and yeah, it's going to be great. The main event of this show was Saikai Itami defending the Wonder of Southern title against Amishare. I thought this was a pretty good match. I thought it was a lot better than what they did in the Fast Star Grand Prix. I know a lot of people were pessimistic about this match. Although I had a low-key optimistic view of this match, I think 
I think stardom title matches hit a lot different than even five star Grand Prix matches, and so I figured they were going to bring it. I figured they were going to bring their all in this match. There are a couple of spots I really like. I, re I really like the Saikai Tami reversal of the Blue Thunder Bomb where she reversed it into a Hurricane Rana. I thought that was a good spot. And Amiyoso did a rolling clothesline which I thought looked really good as well. Anyway, after this match, Saikai Tami challenged Manu Watanabe for a white belt match. This will be at February 4th. If Saikai Tami wins this match, which I'm pretty sure she will, she will break the white belt defense record. You just know this match is going to be great. Both of these performers with their white belt reigns have been legendary and it's time to add another chapter to it. If it wasn't for the fact that we're going to get Julia versus Susa Suzuki, this would easily be a match of the night, I'm sure of it. Lastly, we're going to go on to the January Night Show. There's just one match I really wanted to cover here. Cosmic Angel, Saki, Tem Nakano and Natsupoi, they defeated Lollipop, Rina Amakura, Yuko Sakurai and Wakasukiyama. The only thing I really want to mention about the match is I thought it was a decent match for what it was. I thought it advanced the storyline between Waka and Tan pretty well. And yeah, that's basically all I can really say about the match. After the match though, they did a pose in the middle of the ring since it was the main event and it was Tam Nakano's homecoming event. The interesting thing about this is that Mina Shirakawa went into the ring. She clearly had a look in the face that she did not really want to be there at all. When the group left, she stood there on her own, she just left by herself, she did not go with the rest of the group, and so they're clearly teasing some sort of breakup between Mina Shirakawa and the rest of Cosmic Angels. I have mentioned before that I think Club Venus are going to be adding new members, and so it does not surprise me that they go in this route if Club Venus actually does become a new faction. It will be interesting to see, it will be interesting to see how it plays out. I can't judge anything until it actually happens, so... I can't really make any comments right now. My match of the week is going to be the tag match for Stardom. I thought, especially given how much time they had to prepare for that match, they did the best that they possibly could. I thought it was a great match. I'm going to mention a non-Stardom match of the week with the Hikaru Shida versus Risa Sarah match from Pro Wrestling Wave, although that Hinaka Nakamori versus Reed and Higane match comes close to it. And my small show match of the week is going to be the Asahi versus now Ishikawa match from Ice Ribbon. I thought that was just a very solid match that is definitely worth watching. That's going to do it for this episode, guys. I will say the process of making this podcast has given me a lot more appreciation for the podcast that I do listen to. Doing this for myself, I found out how hard this really is. And so, give my full respect to the people that have done this constantly and have pretty much perfected of what they're doing. Anyway, next week seems like we're going to have a decently busy week as well. Seedling are running a show. We've got an Ice Ribbon Dojo show. We've got a couple of Stardom shows. The Max Heart Tournament starts for TGPW. But the main review I want to do for next week is the Sendai Girls show in the 15th. That has Venny and Mika Iwata challenge. That has Venny, that has Venny defending her Sendai Girls title against Mika Iwata, which sure is going to be a great match. It also has Unagi Sayaka versus... Eureka Oka and also Team 200kg of Chihiro Hashimoto and Yu they're facing the team of Minami and Ryo Mizunami for the vacant tag titles and so that's sure to be a great show there's a couple of other matches in there as well which I'll cover during the show but yeah that's going to be it for this guys I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and yeah I hope you guys continue to listen on and I will see you guys hopefully next week